right, longtime friend of the podcast, Stephanie <laughs> Flippin. Some could even say my, my potential co-host on the Real Money Winner podcast. Know, You've been right? on here so many times. Welcome right. back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm really excited to be here and excited, really, really excited for this conversation. And what an exciting week for you. So just, I guess, where where are you calling in from today? And tell me about your week, because this is going to oh be gosh. an epic week for you just in, in your lifetime in sport. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm calling in from beautiful Vancouver, uh, British Columbia right now. I've been here um, for the past six days um, in preparation for the long-awaited announcement and launch um, of Lululemon diving into the trail and ultra world. Um, and investing so, so much um, into the sport um, with goals to evolve it, change it for the better, um, and really just go all in and bring trail and ultra running um, to the public. Um, I feel like, you know, for so long, you know, and Matt, you're so like deeply steeped in this world. I think a lot of times you and I and everyone in our community tends to assume that everyone knows the running world and um you know and then there's this sector trail and ultra running too um and i think when you really zoom out and realize that like actually most people don't know um much about trail and ultra let alone like marathon or road running uh, it's really really cool to see um what lululemon is striving to do yeah and this is a huge day i know a day that you have like long awaited to make public you know it's something oh, yeah. that's been part of your life now for almost six months or so yeah. um mm -hmm. people may know you as someone who you know runs for who who, who before had run for hoka who mm -hmm. had done well at usatf championships before that mm -hmm. you were on road of the trials also yep. you're a coach and a doctor you just have a lot of things going on in your <laughs> yeah. life that is right. for sure and all of a sudden you have yep. this another huge thing where not only do you have this new sponsorship but this <laughs> the totality of this endeavor with the further project and what's going to be happening on international women's day in yep. 2024 this is a huge endeavor. So I can't mm -hmm. wait to talk about all of it. I do yeah. want to go a little chronologically here. Sure. When did just the idea, first of all, when did were you contacted by Lululemon? We'll, and we'll just talk yeah. about them later in terms of mm -hmm. like them being in this sport, which is again, right. a new endeavor for them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was up for a contract renegotiation at the end of 2022. Um, I was reached out um, to by the brand as well as um, actually now um, my current coach um, who's working as a, um, a head consult, uh, like consultation figure and research partner um, with Lululemon, um, David and Megan Roach um, touched base with me in November of 2022 um, with kind of this new concept. Um, I actually wasn't initially disclosed like who the brand was at first. Um, I was just reached out to because, you know, David and Megan like know me, they know kind of like my goals in the sport for representation, inclusivity. Um, to me, it's always much, much more than like performance-based um, for myself and honestly for the sport in general. I feel like there's so much potential there um, that goes beyond um, results. Um, as well as the fact that I'm very steeped in science. Um, you know, I am um, a doctor by trade. That's what I've been focused on for the last decade of my life. Um, so kind of the, the pairing of the two um, with the opportunity to run for an incredible brand that has big goals for the sport. And then two, how much um, they were wanting to also funnel into the science and research aspect, um, particularly for female athletes. Um, so that began in November of 2022. And when your conversations with the Roches and whoever came forward from the brand, um, mm -hmm. I guess, what, at what point did it become disclosed that, you know, they were representing Lululemon? Mm -hmm. And what were your initial reactions? Because, again, you were sponsored before by Hoka, yeah. which, I mean, certainly mm -hmm. they produce, just like every shoe brand, they produce mm -hmm. apparel, but they are predominantly in it for the shoes, right? Yeah. Whereas with Lululemon... It's mm -hmm. the I would it's basically the exact opposite from the yeah. from the, the 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 range of products offered. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. I it was disclosed to me that the brand was Lululemon. Um. And uh, late like honestly like mid to late December. Um. And that was a big wild card. Um. That's not I I I don't know like I know like I had been like trying to think like oh my gosh like this in, this opportunity is incredible but you know I was trying to do like deductive reasoning trying to figure out like which brand you know could this be. I did. Know. I can imagine you going through like the Roche's coaching list, being like, yeah. "Who do they coach, and what brands were they associated right. with?" and trying to like, to, like yep. deduce like who it could be. Yeah, and um, what's interesting, and be because I, you know, because of like running with Hoka and like just becoming more familiar with the industry, um, working with Trail Runner uh, Magazine, I did finally come to the conclusion that this had to be 
like a global brand. Um, and, and by that, I really mean like a brand that's like, it is like a publicly traded entity and has like the funds to really go all in on such a large endeavor um, and to make it, I mean, you, you can't go halfway into something like this. Um, so for me, I was like, okay, that, that that's gonna, like I said, require like a global publicly traded entity that has the funding to do so. Um, initial reactions, I mean, I was shocked um, just because like traditionally like Lululemon like does not have that reputation. Um, they currently, like they at the time had not actually broken into that market yet. Um, but the, the first call that I took with the brand, I mean, not only are they like wanting to expand much, much further than apparel, I mean, they're talking like equipment and like filling every single product gap out there um, that exists, particularly for female athletes. Um, you know, I've like joked about this probably a thousand times with you, Matt, but I'm five foot one, like and a half on a good day. Um, when we talk about the type of gear that I have to piecemeal together for like a hundred miler, I mean, it's like quite silly. I mean, it's like, it's like, I'm like, can I make a men's extra small work? Like, can I have my mom like take in this like pack so that it's not like <laughs> flapping on me? You know, it's like, it's so, and that's like, that's like the, like the very like topical, like high level end of things. I mean, when we go into like further detail about some of the things I've had to do with gear, gators and all of that, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, so Lululemon, I mean, and they just, they just launched their first trail shoe. Um, I mean, they're in, they're investing everything in order to not only like go all in on the sport, but to provide every possible like piece of equipment um, and like gear like that, that that's needed. I mean, it, it's everything. Um, and I think that's really neat. Um, I think it's really neat that they're taking a stand um, in terms of the fact that like there are a lot of brands that are already very well established in the space. But that doesn't mean that they kind of have, you know, a hold on the entire market. It doesn't necessarily mean that they've been doing it correctly and really like in an inclusive way this whole time. I mean, we, we've seen that time and time again. I mean, you look at how many like unisex shoes that are out there. I mean, I spent the past two years racing in pretty much like unisex shoes. And like I said, for me, like that's that's not really ideal. Like, you know, I'm not the type of female athlete where I can truly make that work without kind of sacrificing some things. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally get that. And, and they're mm -hmm. talking about, especially early on in the recruitment process, and obviously it's a two-way street. You know, you're you're yeah. kind of like feeling them out. They're feeling you out to a degree, um, mm -hmm. but they're approaching you for a reason. And they're talking, you know, at first, generally speaking, about big dreams and really wanting to make like, these huge waves in the sport. And you know, we'll talk about uh, what the further project is uh, yeah. in a little bit. But what was that like to be engaged in these conversations where it's not just about brand sponsorship right. and working with you, even as a person, which is also mm -hmm. very unique in terms of yeah. what, what lights you up inside and the change that you want to make in this world. And I know you want mm -hmm. to talk passionately about that, but about this, also this, this, in, this entire endeavor, which reminds me of like the breaking two project to yeah. a degree. Mm -hmm. What's that like in terms of like, Oh boy, this is like, I like signing up for this is not merely like, okay, I can't wait to wear your gear. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I was, so intrigued by it, particularly because I have spent a large bulk of my professional athletic career chasing times, um, you know, and like records. Um, and like, at this point, it's like, you know, I've, I've just worked hard to see like how consistent I can be in the distance, like how many times I can like replicate that, like those like same times and that same time range. Um, and while I always knew that I wasn't always going to be focused on that as aspect of ultra running, I also realized like over the past like two years that there really aren't a whole lot of races and like opportunities to run as fast as possible for as far as possible. You know, like it's it's like creating that perfect race environment um, and it's difficult, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure your listeners um, can attest. It's like choosing like the perfect like fall marathon to PR at, um, you know, there, there's weather and, you know, and like there's elevation gain and things like that. But in the trail and ultra world, I mean, there's so many other factors because we're out there for so much longer. 
Um, so for me, the concept was really intriguing um, because I kind of spent the past two years being like, oh, like, do I want do I want to race like Tunnel Hill again kind of thing? I love that race. I love, you know, the race director and, you know, everything about that race. But it's also like I'd also like to like feel out different terrains, different race courses and things like that. Um, so when they presented me with the idea, it was like, dang, this is just kind of like the most ideal scenario and kind of what I'd been looking for. Um, and it, it's not even just about like the race course itself. It's it's all of the inclusive support that they're looking to bring um, for this event um, and really like kind of removing all other barriers. I mean, the, the product innovation that's going into this. Um, I mean, I never thought that I would have the opportunity to. It's not just like creating my own gear. It's like full body scans. It's creating shoes specific to like my left foot and my right foot. Um, you know, and all the other athletes um, that signed like are we're, we're all getting the same opportunity. Um, and it's just really cool to see like what can happen when you funnel everything into like the athlete. Um, I think we're so used to seeing that, you know, maybe for like Elliot Kipchoge and I am by no means like likening myself to him in any way whatsoever. Um, but it's just, it's really neat to see it being funneled into female athletics, um, and seeing what's possible, um, when you put that ideology first. Right. To say nothing of like just having a global brand behind you and yeah. you know, putting out like a lot of press around it. And they're obviously mm -hmm. like going to they're going to great lengths to yes. really highlight this project. Yeah. What's that like for you just doing this openly and, and in such a public way? Again, you kind of had a taste yeah. of this experience to a very, mm -hmm. very, very minor degree in the road of the trial season mm -hmm. one. But, you know, this is, again, not merely hey, I'm going to do this awesome thing, but doing it in right. a very public way where the brand's investing a lot of energy into you because they believe in you, but it's also public nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a little bit less like green at this point. So yes, like I, I feel like I've gotten a better hold like on like my mental space. Um, you know, I've been very open over the past few months about working with a mental performance consultant as well as a sports psychologist. And that is all like thanks to Lululemon. And this is this is not like a plug like of me saying that as like a sponsored athlete. I mean, it's truly the fact that like they prioritize that aspect of my health first, like, and especially like coming off of like, I, you know, I had an injury in the winter that you and I have spoken about. Um, and that, that, that was the priority first and foremost. Um, they were like, we're bringing like a mental performance, like doctor on, like, you're going to immediately be set up with her because we know this is a lot. And we also know that like, you know, the ultra world is largely mental. I mean, yes, it's a physical sport, obviously, but um, you know, when it all comes down to it, the mental component is so critical. Um, so that's honestly what the brand led with, um, with me. Um, so that immediately, I felt like built a lot of trust um, for me as an athlete. That's not the type of conversation that I was ever used to having with brands. Um, so yeah, I mean, from the get-go, I think I already went into it feeling a little bit more comfortable, um, even though like, you know, we hit the ground running with like cameras, like in our faces, like a documentary, like it started on day one, um, you know, I honestly like sometimes I'm like, oh, was that initial call like recorded as like a part of, you know, um, it wasn't, but um, you know, it, it just like immediately it was like, okay, like this is like, we're going all in on this. This is not like a potential project. Um, you know, they've been developing developing this for, for the greater part of a year uh, before they even started recruiting athletes. Um, so I think I'm more excited at this point. I'm not so much like scared about like being, you know, like, you know, this is when we talk about like live streaming, I mean, that's like a very minimal way of putting it um, in terms of like how this is going to be broadcasted. Um, I think it's a really unique opportunity um, just to showcase everything that I love about the sport. Some of my very best races have been the fact that like I've gotten the best out of myself by working with other women, um, you know, and I've spoken about like the, the, like the first time I won a national champion. Um, and I, I strongly feel that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had my now teammate um, and friend like Camille Heron, like pushing me to do it. Um, you know, like we, we don't ever want it to be easy. We don't ever want to line up at these races with no competition or not even competition, but just like camaraderie and other talent and other like experiences that can push us like past our own kind of perceived limits. Um, and I think the whole concept of this project is exactly that. I mean, it's so in line with everything that I love about the sport.
And I can't wait to get like the full download. And I'll ask you this question in one second about like mm -hmm. what they're providing to you as a, yes. as an athlete and as a person. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. think part of the way to get a, a full grasp on just how revolutionary that is, is yeah. to kind of set the stage for what a normal athlete gets, right? Yeah. You, you can't understand the, how, how great that is without seeing not the other side because not that the other right. side is bad either no. but a lot of people don't understand and we can speak in general terms and know people sign ndas and all yeah. of that stuff mm -hmm. but just generally speaking for mm -hmm. the vast majority of people in your shoes and again not yeah. the you know the according to walters and the jim wamsley's who are obviously yeah. like kind of right. like the co-heads of the sport yep. mm -hmm. and who, who can kind of command certain things right. but just for like people in your, 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 your peers in the sport, mm -hmm. what yeah. does being a professional runner usually look like in terms of yeah. compensation and support? Right. Matt, and I think that's like a critical question. And this is like what we're about to discuss is I think such a critical part of the sport. And, and like you said, I think it's really important for amateur athletes to understand this and know these types of details too. I strongly feel that there's not enough transparency with this. Um, you know, I think for so long, there has not been tangible money in, especially in the trail and ultra world. But I think we could also say the same for like road running too. I mean, just as you mentioned, Courtney and Jim being those outliers um, in the trail and ultra side of things, we have, you know, we have the same people in track and field, right? And there's many kind of like tiers as it filters down. And I, I think a lot of at, like amateur athletes or just fans of the sport would be surprised at what, you know, base salaries for, you know, a professional marathoner out of Boulder is receiving. You know, I just use Boulder as an example, um, just because I've been able to have conversations because I'm uh, with other athletes since I'm located um, in the area. But um, typically, I feel like, you know, a very basic contract structure um, across you know, across all disciplines within track and field, road running, um, and trail and ultra. Um, like, honestly, sometimes professional athletes aren't actually offered a base salary. And I think that to me was a little bit shocking. Um, like there are many athletes and I think listeners would probably be, be very surprised. I'm not about to drop any names by any means, but there are a lot of professional athletes out there who have strong social media presences. They're well known in the sport, but some of them actually don't receive actual tangible compensation. They're receiving gear, um, you know, and that includes like shoe and uh, shoes and apparel. Um, they're probably capped on a certain number of pairs of shoes per year. That's usually somewhere in like the you know like 30 to 40 pairs per year range um and it probably looks like quarterly shipments of apparel um but a lot of times what that contract looks like is um there's actually no base salary so no one's receiving x amount of dollars you know per month or like quarterly or however that's structured um and oftentimes what's built in where the money does come from is a bonus structure um Brands differ in terms of how they dictate that bonus structure to look like. Sometimes uh, with certain brands, like the athlete has control over that and they're able to kind of negotiate based on their upcoming race schedules, right? And what they anticipate racing um, for the next couple years. Um, the brands um, that I've like worked with in the past, sometimes that's been the case. Other times it has not. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not really at liberty to share like very specific details of that. But um, like I said, certain brands are more kind of generous with allowing the athlete um, to, to weigh in. Other times, though, I think they kind of cap it and make it kind of as difficult as possible to attain that bonus structure. Um, so, for example, um, probably on every trail and ultra athletes contract in terms of the bonus structure, it's probably always going to have like three tiers. Um, and those three tiers are going to look like in the top tier, it's going to be like if you place first, second or third at, say, like the full UTMB distance, going the full loop around the mountain. If you win, it's, you know, it, it's going to be the greatest amount of money. Same thing for a race like Western States. Um but, you know, as you, you know, and probably Comrades is also included in that. Comrades is the largest ultra marathon, uh, road marathon or road ultra marathon in the world. Um, but then it's going to go down tier to tier. Um, so like the smaller races, like you're not going to receive as much money uh, to place first, second or third. Um, so, like I said, a lot of brands like to keep control over which races are added to that bonus structure so that it's kind of like the least likelihood that they'll have to pay out that athlete. Um 
I feel like brands are getting better in terms of, well, I'm hopeful that they're getting better in terms of offering things like a base salary, you know? So a base salary would be like, you receive this X amount of money per calendar year, whatever your contract states, um, that's totally separate from, um, you know, your appearance fees. Like there's no kind of, there's no verbiage word like built in saying that you have to race X amount of times. Um, maybe sometimes that's built in, but typically a base salary is excluded from that. Um, and then like the other component of the contract usually involves um, like, it's not health insurance really ever um, because athletes are always considered to kind of be independent contractors and they're not employees of a brand. Um, but you can, athletes can negotiate in terms of like um, travel compensation. Um, so like airfare, um, hotel, everything like that. And then um, how much of your healthcare is covered. Um, again, it's not health insurance, but usually that's gonna look like, um, you know, maybe a stipend for like PT, like massage, um, things like that. Sometimes brands are more um, flexible with how they dispense that money. Um, sometimes it comes in a form of like having to submit um, expense reports and then you're reimbursed for it. Other times uh, brands are like very trusting of the athletes and they just say, we're gonna give you, you know, eight, eight grand um, for like health coverage, uh, use it like how you see fit and how it makes sense for your kind of health insurance situation. Hey folks, let's talk about vacation races. So vacation races host half marathons, ultra marathons, and trail running festivals at national parks around the country in week-long running adventures all around the world. These global adventures offer daily 7 to 12K trail runs in the morning and afternoon activities that include high like high adventure things like glacier treks, zip lining, whitewater rafting, or cultural activities like wine tasting, falconry, his, uh, historic tours, cooking classes, just these things. They offer a, just such a wide range of things. If you're worried about pace, don't be. They require runners to maintain around a 20-minute mile pace. So as long as, you can, as long as you're basically moving with purpose, you're going to be just fine. These adventures are all all-inclusive, which means hotels, in-country transportation, meals, drinks, activities, and swag are all covered in the trip, and they just announced their full 2024 calendar, which you're going to want to check out. Again, I know we just started 2023, but you got to plan these trips way in advance, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. They have 11 different destinations. Examples are like Alaska, Costa Rica, Croatia, Ecuador, Iceland, Ireland, Japan, New Zealand, Patagonia, so many. It really is remarkable. You can go check them out at vacationraces.com. New customers can use Rambling 200 for $200 off any global adventure trip that is not currently sold out. Also, you can use code Rambling15 for 15% off any of the half marathons or ultra marathon adventures that are not currently sold out. So remember, it's code Rambling200 for the global adventures and Rambling15 for 15% off the half marathon or ultra marathons. Man, I mean, even I know this stuff, but every time I hear it, I'm like, oh my God, like, yes. it, it, like immediately, it's it, a lot. It, it, first of all, it takes me like, to like, don't get injured because right. you're oh, not yeah. getting paid, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Second is like, basically what you're telling me is that influencers, again, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory sense, but no, no. influencers are often getting paid more by these companies Correct. than their professional runners are unless those yeah. runners win the races. Yes, yeah, correct, right. yeah. Again, um, I'm not saying this from a derogatory sense, but I think people right. would be surprised by that. You might see people yeah. doing like, hey, this is a sponsored ad post from like, from whatever brand, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's like, that person probably got paid more for that one social media post than like the base salary of a professional athlete for yeah. that brand. Yeah, I think, um, again, like it's like, I, I'm not at liberty to like point, you know, like late name or anything like that. But I will say that like base salaries often come in the, like, I'm just going to say it like a four figure range, like quite often, like four figures, everyone. <laughs> like that's not, I'm not misspeaking there when I say that. And that's like per year. Um, that's not uncommon to see. Um, so I think transparency there is important. Um, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not breaking any rules by sharing that. I mean, I, I think it's important for people to understand that, that um, oftentimes like it's not as glamorous um, as one would think. And there are certainly like a lot of like gender equity um, across all disciplines, um, you know, and I think a lot of like the the world like the you know, the industry probably doesn't want like people to know that that's why there are so many NDAs. 
Right. And it's also why so many of these athletes have other jobs because they need exactly. other jobs or unless, yeah. unless yeah. their spouse sure. happens to, you know, get paid pretty well and they're living yeah. lean. Mm-hmm. So when you entered contract negotiations or, mm-hmm. you know, the, your conversations with Lululemon, they got to the point of discussing, mm-hmm. you know, revenue and benefits, mm-hmm. not revenue, but income benefits yeah. and, and all the support that comes with that partnership. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I kind of already know the answer to this question because you know, you know, I've talked offline, but like, what, what did that entail? And how was your, what was your reaction to the conversation yeah. that ensued? Right. I mean, I have never, I've had conversations with many brands. Um, and this was the first time where I was sitting on a call and my now manager like looked me in the eye over Zoom and he asked me like what I wanted this partnership and this contract to look like. Um, and like, I can honestly say I've never ever had a conversation like that with anyone in the industry. Now, of course, that didn't mean like the sky's the absolute limit, you know, like it's this is a never ending bucket here. But for me, my mind didn't even go to like, oh, gosh, like, yeah, now I have the opportunity to ask for a base salary of X. What my mind went to was like, I'm finally getting the opportunity to ask for funding for like my passion projects, like my diversity coaching teams that I have never been able to receive funding for in the past. That's where my mind went. I was like, wow, like I'm finally getting this opportunity to ask for, you know, like sponsorship of like my athlete team. Like I've I've never been the type of person who's like I'm in this sport, like for me and myself and like my pure results. Like I, as you know, like when our first, you know, conversation back in 2018, I like I was I had just qualified for the Boston Marathon like earlier in the year. <laughs> like this this was never like, you know, like my trajectory has definitely been perhaps like an outlier, but I'm just so grateful to be here. Um, and I want to be able to bring my community with me along on the journey because I wouldn't be here without them. Um, and, and that includes like my athlete team. Um, like, I, like I, I want them to receive that support too um, because I feel it's important um, because it's not, you know, the running community isn't what it is just because of the professional athletes that are running at the highest level. Um, so for me, that's where my mind went with that conversation. Um, that's what I led with in terms of, um, you know, like representing myself. I don't use an agent um, and just like the whole negotiation process. It was like, how can I really like bring my community with me on this journey? Um, because the brand was very much interested in that and on board with that. Um, so that was a very unique conversation and how that transpired. And I'm, I feel like I honestly feel like one of the lucky ones. And that's not an exaggeration to say. Let's talk about that because that's exactly where I was going to go to next. You detailed what's commonplace from a contract negotiation standpoint. Mm -hmm. You've hinted at what you're able to get at Lululemon in terms of all the support you're getting and and, the the support being far and above what not only what you've received in the past, but what most people receive. Mm -hmm. So what was it about Stephanie Flippin? that was a great fit for Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Like if I was, if I was asking like your manager that you, yeah. you referenced before, like yeah. what about you was a great fit for them? Yeah. You know, and I, I like hesitate to like speak about myself in this way. I, I'm not like naturally like that. Um, but I think what it really came down to is that I've been really outspoken about the fact that, and this is how I coach. This is how I like, like live my life that I'm, I love, running. I love it so much, but it's not the only thing that defines me. And I think it's difficult. And like you said, it's like, there's so many professional athletes out there that like, like can't just focus on their running because they're not being compensated enough to do so. Like they can't pay their mortgage. They can't make a livable wage, um, you know, in this country without doing something else and having another career path. Um, so it's like by nature, I never, I always felt like the traditional model of, you know, like, okay, appearance fees, like, okay, racing X amount of times, don't ever get injured, certainly don't get pregnant. And if you do, you need to be able to be, you know, back in racing shape, like 12 weeks postpartum. It's like, none of those things are realistic. I feel like those have been hot topics that have been talked about, but I think unless you're actually in it and like in that negotiation process, you don't realize how like ludicrous it is like to have these conversations. Um, And I think the draw, I think like for the brand to me and like obviously like vice versa is the fact that I've always been very open about the fact that like, Yes, I'm a runner. Yes, I've been so, so fortunate to um, like have this opportunity to run professionally at this point that I never, ever thought I would have. But 
like it's like very like a very small facet of who I am. Um, I only like recently two months ago stepped back from even seeing patients like, you know, in a clinical setting. I mean, I've been doing that now for 12 years. Um, that's what was taking up the bulk of my energy and the bulk of my day. I mean, I'd go for a 90 minute run in the morning and then I'm seeing patients for the next nine hours and charting three more hours. Like that's the bulk of my day, um, including like coaching, um, you know, and, and writing and, and all these other things. Um, so I think just the fact that I've been so outspoken about that and the fact that like, you know, runners are humans. It doesn't matter like the times we're running um, and, and like what we're accomplishing in the sport. We still all have families like we we have all of these other things going on. And I think it's really important um, to provide support to all of that. Uh, it also it's also good for the sport. It also makes it makes like professional athletes relatable. Um, it helps build community. Um, and it's just. that's just how things should be with holistic support. Um, you know, and I I think a lot of brands are probably like dropping the ball there and it's a missed opportunity, um, to talk about people who, um, you know, like my, my friend and, and colleague, like Leah is a like biomedical engineer. Like, I, I don't think most people know that, um, and using just her as an example, but, um, you know, like I have so many friends that have accomplished so much, like outside of running, um, it, it, those things should be celebrated too. They shouldn't just be ignored. Um, so, yeah. And you mentioned Leah Yinkling's mm-hmm. um, science background. She's going to be on the yeah. show. I'll probably yeah, record yeah. with her uh, if not tonight, next yes. week. And I can't wait to have her on the show. And I think hopefully yeah. we'll get, the three of us will get ready for yeah. something we're going to do on relay. Uh, mm-hmm. where we'll be able to answer questions and take mm-hmm. a deeper dive into the coaching aspect of all of this, which would be a really fun conversation. Yeah. You mentioned her science background, your mm-hmm. science background. Mm-hmm. How does that dovetail with the the team at Lululemon, what yeah. you're able to bring to the table and how mm-hmm. that affects the process by which you guys are trying to accomplish something historic? Yeah, you know, I think that aspect of things um, and the fact that they were like, we want to bring women in STEM like onto the team. Like I was practically clapping and like crying at the same time because, you know, like it's just like I think a lot of people know that like I'm a doctor, but it's like it's really hard to be like, no, but like I've spent half of my life like doing this and like being on this path and it's never not going to be a part of who I am. Like I can't just like turn it off like, okay, now. I'm just a runner. Um, so the fact that Lululemon, you know, contacted us and they were like, not only are we wanting to create this project, you know, and create, you know, this race environment that's all inclusive, product innovation, at like every final detail. Um, but it was also the fact that they were like, and we also want to research you. Like we want to see what makes you unique because there's a, we all know, uh, I mean, like Christine Yu's book, Up to Speed just came out. There is a extreme paucity in the literature, no matter what anyone tries to say about that's focused on female athletes. Like there's, there's always been a barrier to studying them accurately because we have a menstrual cycle. There's a lot of factors that go into play. It's more difficult to study female athletes um, because of that. Um, and it requires more funding. So for a lot, like decades, research has just been like, okay, like it's easier to study men. It's, you know, there's less variables going on. And then we'll just try to like extrapolate that data out and apply it to women. Um, And like, we'll just kind of use anecdotes here and there to make adjustments, you know, on protocols for for females, um, whether in athletics or otherwise. I've I've seen that like as as a practicing physician, it's like, you know, I'm on PubMed and I'm like, I don't know if I can apply this to this patient. It's like I'm like I'm having to like pull different details out. I'm trying to merge different studies. And it's like I really wish that there was an actual study focused on the patient demographic that I need. (laughs) Um, So just the fact that Lululemon, um, you know, came at it with that as well. And the fact that they were like, we are bringing on, um, you know, the Canadian Sport Institute. You are now going to be working with Trent Stellingworth as your exercise physiologist. Um, For listeners who aren't familiar, um, perhaps like with the research world or, um, you know, sports science, Trent Stellingworth is not like the best researcher in the world. He also sits on the Olympic committee, not just for team Canada, but for like the entire world. Um, and just when he, when his name was mentioned to me, I mean, again, I was like almost like clapping and crying at the same time. I mean, the opportunity to work with someone, um, that I have followed so closely, read his papers, developed my own, like based my own training protocols off of the research that he's done, I mean, it was a no-brainer uh, to hop on with this project. Um, 
it's just nuts. I mean, I've now done three separate um, BO2 max and lactate threshold testing with Trent um, in the lab. Um, you know, he's he's now like spearheading like a kind of like new training, new testing protocol um, that's specific to ultra runners and long distance athletes where um, we're doing something called a fatigued durability test. Um, for those familiar with lactate threshold testing or VO2 max testing, um, we he's kind of dubbed this um, kind of fatigue durability test as, um, you know, when we were here in Vancouver back in April, all of us went on a two hour trail run. Um, we had like male pacers, like everything was as kind of as controlled controlled as possible. Um, and then we were immediately brought back into the lab. We were weighed, every, everything was redone. We were hooked up um, to tubing and everything like that. And then we repeated the VO2 max testing. Um, and, you know, initial findings were that like us, you know, our cohort of elite ultra runners actually performed better um, after that two hour trail run, like physiologically. What? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Oh like groundbreaking. The VO2 max for people who don't know is an incredibly yes. tiring test. This yes. isn't like, hey, long, I got a blood too. test. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah. very it's hard. Long. Yeah. For, yeah. For anyone listening to like, because this is specifically focused on ultra runners, you know, and in the, tr in the trail world, especially there are many points where we're hiking, where we're power hiking, or we're doing that kind of like awkward transition between like, okay, is this grade so steep that like I should be power hiking, but then it's kind of starting to like even out. So you're like trotting, it's like not super efficient. You know, there are these like kind of awkward transitions that are totally different from, you know, an all out like road 5k. Um, so for this type of testing, you know, they actually started us at like a walking pace um, and then they built us up, you know, for anyone who doesn't know at all how these these tests work, you're pretty much running in like three minute intervals. Um, and then every three minutes you stop, you hop, you pull yourself off the treadmill. Um, you, you usually give your finger. Sometimes the ear is used, um, but in this case, we used finger. Um, you, you have a prick done with a lancet. Blood is taken and um, your lactate uh, within your blood is measured um, each time for all of those three Three minute intervals you have like a 30 second break after each three minute window um to re-prick the finger get more blood tested um and then you can be tested and kind of tracked it like how many millimoles um of lactate um you're, that's forming in your blood until you reach usually four millimoles and then from there once you hit four millimoles that's dubbed as your lactate threshold and then from there you start doing one minute um run intervals until you hit your you know kind of uh, your perceived VO2 max based on heart rate, um, carbon dioxide, and like oxygen consumption. I don't want to get too scientifically weird here. Basically, but, um, till, till, till right before till you failure. fall off the treadmill. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This, this is wild. And, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up Megan Roche here, yeah. who people may know from the SWAT podcast, Some Work, Great. All Play. Her and her husband uh, have a very, um, very popular coaching service that they, they mm -hmm. coach seemingly hundreds of athletes. I don't know the exact number, but they it seemingly they coach everybody I know. And then yeah. some so yeah. at some point, I uh, should say you also work for Lift from Perform. I work for McCurdy mm -hmm. Trained. There's a lot yeah. of coaching services, yeah. um, but she obviously works with a lot of athletes. She is mm -hmm. also a, mm -hmm. a national championship level yes. trail runner. Yes. In addition to that, she is now a doctor from mm -hmm. a, a research doctorate from Stanford and yeah. has you know, basically co-running the faster yes. um, lab. I don't know if you call it the, the, the lab, but they, the group over there where mm -hmm. they're doing exactly what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Export yeah. science mm -hmm. on female athletes. Mm -hmm. um, and they're doing a lot of work with the PAC 12 athletes. So what's it like kind of collaborating with her and her being your coach now, considering yeah. all of the kind of symmetry that you seem to have? Yeah, I mean, it's a dream, um, especially for me coming off of, you know, a major injury in the winter. Um, it, like we've we've talked about this. I've written about this. Um, you know, I, I wrote a very like robust piece for Trail Runner about the about this and like kind of managing things as a coach myself and a female athlete um, coming off of a bone stress injury. It was a no brainer for me uh, to work with Megan. I mean, she's the best in the business when it comes to female health and bone health. Um, I immediately wanted to nick that pattern. I did not want to make it a pattern. Like I knew immediately this is a one and done. I never want to go down this path again. Um, so it was interesting having that conversation right at that moment in time. I mean, when I was speaking with Lululemon, I was injured. I was not able to run. Um, you know, so having the opportunity to bring myself back to full health and go beyond my previous fitness, what I was able to achieve, um, you know, with Megan, um, Trent and the entire team in my corner, um, it's just been incredible. Um, it's surreal and it's an experience of a lifetime. Honestly, I feel so grateful for it. Um, I, I can't express that enough. 
so let's talk about you know, the, the short-term future. The long-term, we got further. It would be mm-hmm. happening you know, roughly a year from now um, in the short-term. Yeah. Is Western State still on the horizon? How's that going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much on the horizon. Um, I know the Western State's um, printed program just came out um, this morning. Um, I was actually really fortunate to have a very heartwarming feature in it. Um, it's it's exciting. I was able to kind of, I, I, I was able to finally announce um, the Lululemon um, signing. Um, I spoke about like my recent career pivot uh, in terms of taking a step back from practicing medicine. Um, and that's really, that's really thanks. And this is not a plug, you know, not an ad by any means. But my ability to do so was really because of the brand giving finally giving me the opportunity to go all in like and be a professional athlete and not have to worry and stress so much about the financial aspect of things. Um, That's the the pure hard truth of it. Um, So it was really, really neat to be able to talk about that um, with the board of directors at Western States um, and have that platform um, just to be like, hey, you know, I know that there are a lot of a lot of other brands, you know, that have been in the business for a long time. Um, and I think they've sort of set the standard and athletes maybe have just kind of accepted that these this is the way things have been. This is the way things will always be. And I think brands like Lululemon and there are other, there are other brands out there um, as well, like that are trying to do the same thing. I know Kraft is like an up and coming brand um, in the trail world. They've signed a very robust team of athletes. And then, you know, Adidas Terex. I know that brands like that have been outspoken about like holistically supporting the athletes. Um but I think I think we're seeing a shift now. Um, and I think, you know, the creation of like the uh, the Pro Trail Runners Association, like, you know, we're finding our voice here and the athletes are stepping up and being like, hey, you know what? Like, we're not just here to like wear your shoes, wear, you know, put a ta- temporary tattoo on our arm and, and not actually get compensated for what we're doing um, on the trails, on the roads and just in our lives. Um, so to, to have that platform, um, with Western States and to be able to talk about that was really neat. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, Lululemon has four of us, um, lining up at Western States. Um, I believe like we're probably, I think the only brand, um, that has like that many women, um, from the same brand, um, lining up. So I think it's going to be really powerful. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm very excited to have made it through a healthy training block, um, without setbacks and to kind of fought my way back from injury. So very much looking forward to it. So what is the rest of like the count, not the calendar, but like a year from today, what does that look like in terms of like your training and racing as you prepare for further? And you can also explain like what that, what that means in terms of uh, your participation in the event. Yeah, I'm definitely still developing um, my fall uh, racing calendar because I was coming off of injury. I didn't want to get too ahead of myself. Um, like I said, my goal was to make it to the start line healthy and in at a fitness level that I felt comfortable with lining up in an elite field. Um, and I always knew that that wasn't going to be a given, um, you know, so I really had to take things day by day, not even week by week. It was like I really just had to take each day and take what it was going to give me. Um, so I haven't looked too much further past Western States. My first goal was to like get to the start line healthy. That was always the goal. Um, you know, run a race that I'm proud of, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, everyone who knows me, I think understands that I never look at, you know, the, like, I don't put like my results oriented goals first. Those are always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, the, the process to get there, um, is always like at the forefront. Um, so that's what I'm focused on, but I am toying with the idea of, you know, I, I do typically like to split my seasons. I like to focus like on trail mountain stuff, you know, and then maybe like alternate, do something like road and faster. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting trying to develop that and make decisions about the fall, um, knowing that, um, you know, if the further project is going on International Women's Day in March, early March of 2024, um, it's honestly a good kind of schedule though, because it still leaves plenty of, you know, it's early enough in the spring. It gives plenty of time to then like, you know, go into like an a, a early summer season um, on the trails. So I'm not, I'm not too certain yet, like what I'm going to decide for the fall, but I think it definitely will have further in mind um, and, and the fitness needed for that. Do you know what your goal or race or mm. endeavor for further is going to be? Yeah, I think that's still evolving for sure. I know, um, you know, Leah and I have been discussing that and, and definitely like wanting to work together. Um, 
it's it's a unique dynamic because I feel like I have a bit more experience um, with the race setting of further, um, just in terms of like the flat fast stuff. Um, so, you know, we've been toying with the idea of, you know, really going for, you know, I, I've put it out there before that like I'm not satisfied um, with the times that I ran in the 100 mile and like 12 hour distance. Um, I would really like to, you know, break into that 13 hour range and eventually like break that 13 hour barrier. Um, Currently, only one woman, um, Camille, has ever done. Um, you know, I don't know if that if you know that time will be like it further, but I would be excited to you like kind of take advantage of that very ideal environment and all of the support that's going to be there. Um, you know that I like couldn't possibly ever have like at any other race. My husband Mitchell is wonderful, but he can't like move mountains like that and for like do everything to the extent that the brand is bringing in. Um, so I, I, for me, I'd like to take advantage of that and, and run uh, like as fast as possible and like the distance that I specialize in. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun to see what everyone takes on. You know, you, it's you a six day Leah. event. I mean, yeah, you Lee have a lot of similarities. You even took you even sent yeah. me a photo this morning. You guys are actually the same the same height right. even right. You have yeah. similarities. But training, yeah. right. but training isn't one of them. I feel like I look right. at like her Strav. It's like it's ran four and a half miles today, 3000 feet of yeah. elevation gain. It's like, right. this person's a mountain goat. Like what yeah. is this training? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. So it's going to be really fun. Um, you know, I think we've also toyed with the idea of doing like, you know, a hundred miles one day, hundred K the next day, 50 miles the next day, 50 K the next day. Um, that would be like an interesting structure. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, there, there are certain, there certainly are different like incentives that the brand is providing, um, you know, and it's it's cool to see like what they're trying to get out of us. Um, but I think what's really cool is that, you know, I'm also coaching an athlete, um, Rico. Um, she's based out of Hong Kong um, and she is a Lululemon um, global ambassador as well, um, but from like the APAC um, you know, division. And she's brand new to the sport. I started coaching her in April um, when we met um, up here in Vancouver. Um, she has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu background um, and she's looking to run, you know, like her first like 50K, um, you know, like she's never even completed a marathon before. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a fact though. Um, so that's, that's exciting too. And there's tons of different storylines um, that I think are going to be very relatable um, to many people. Um, you know, there's something for everyone here. Uh, to follow along. And I, I really like that. I like the fact that it's not just, you know, a team of like the very, the, the most elite athletes and, you know, doing and taking on endeavors that like maybe like, you know, an amateur runner can't exactly relate to. Um, so I think that that's really cool that the brand has uh, prioritized that as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how successful they are in that effort because our sport is one and I'm speaking running running mm -hmm. just generally in terms mm -hmm. of the track the road the trail and, and whatever combinations you have therein is mm -hmm. that it's, it's a rare sport where the adult participation in the sport mm -hmm. is extremely high yeah but the adult media consumption around the professional side of the sport is incredibly low and right. usually with yeah. the majority of sports it's the inverse of that Right. right. You don't have people like, hey, I run, you know, it's like I, I play in my, you know, my football league twice a week, but mm -hmm. I don't follow football. Right. Yeah. Like you would never hear that. Right. You would never you never yeah. have somebody be like, hey, I play in an adult basketball league for the last eight years. Mm -hmm. But who's this LeBron James character? Mm -hmm. Right. But like seemingly yeah. with a large portion of American runners. And mm -hmm. I'm going to just extend this out to maybe other countries as well. But totally. I, I, I've told this um, on Relay and uh, mm -hmm. Training Talk Live on mm -hmm. Monday, but I actually just like did a little like informal poll of like mm -hmm. my block. There's like 50 houses on my block and whatever. Mm -hmm. There's two women who run like basically four to five miles a day every day and have done mm -hmm. that ever since I moved here seven years sure. ago. So they mm -hmm. run 30-ish miles a week, incredibly consistent. They're out there every single day. Mm -hmm. They're like the post office, rain, sun, sleep, mm -hmm. whatever. I asked them, like both of them this weekend, like at separate times, like, hey, do you know the runner, Kara Goucher? And I basically did that as like a proxy for like yeah, professional yeah. runners, right? These mm -hmm. people like are definitely within the age group that would uh, that would sure. align with her as a professional mm -hmm. runner. And both of them looked at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Wow. And like, these are dedicated amateur runners. They yeah. run 30 miles a week, every week for nearly a decade. Had wow. no idea who I was talking about. And I think it just, it's so. It, but I think that this is not just an anecdote from my neighborhood, I feel like this is endemic within running so and yeah. also a huge opportunity at the same yes. time yeah. if, you know, different forces can start to close that gap. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree. So that's not a question, but I just think it's like, that's just the, the nature of our sport where it's not mm-hmm. really a spectator sport. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that, mm-hmm. but it's much more of a participation sport than a spectator sport. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, how can we bridge yeah. that gap when so many people seemingly participate in running and maybe aren't as engaged with our sport as maybe mm-hmm. some other people are um, in other sports around the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yeah, I think it just goes to show how important like up and coming running media is like across different mediums, right? Like not, you know, whether it's like covering races, but like everything that all the different running media groups are doing um, to, to, like you said, kind of like bridge that gap, you know, take up that kind of missed opportunity there. Yeah. And also making it relatable, right? Making it so like Mm -hmm. it's something that people do want to engage with, whether Mm -hmm. they're watching it live or following someone on social media or even Mm -hmm. following a brand on social media, right? There's sometimes you follow a brand on social media and it's like, you know, it can be be a difficult, it can be a heavy lift to follow some brands on social media and other brands make it fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, again... It's an opportunity more than right. anything else because there are people yeah. already engaged in the sport. It's not like you're trying to be like, hey, we just invented a sport. Do you want to try it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Well, Stephanie, this is incredibly exciting. That yeah. is for sure. If people want to learn more about your partnership with the Lululemon, Lululemon's further project or anything they're in, where should they go? Yeah, um, I am going to be kind of updating my website, uh, stephanieflippin.com. Um, I'll, I'll have all details input there. I'll also, Matt, shoot you a link um, that like is straight off of like the Lululemon site that details things further. There's also a public press release um, that they put out. It's available to the public. It's it's certainly not exclusive by any means that details like everything that they are like currently comfortable sharing at this point. Um, And I know this is going to be a continually evolving kind of storytelling um, as we go um, leading into the project. And I know the brand is really excited to continue to roll out those details, uh, particularly as they pertain to like um, where the race is happening, the details of that, um, like, you know, the the documentary that they're making, um, how things will be kind of like broadcasted. Um, And I, I think the brand is excited to roll out those details as we go. I can't wait. This is it, it just it's like the next evolution of like what we saw with Breaking Two. Breaking Two yeah. is great, but it's like mm-hmm. the next evolution of it where it's obviously it's it's, it's female based, but also mm-hmm. it's for the people and yep. the athletes involved yep. are diverse in every sense of the word. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited I'm I'm always excited to be on like the leading edge of something, you know, like I like I mentioned, like I think for so long we get used to things like and it's like, oh yeah, this is how it's always been, so like, you know, this is how it's going to stay and um nothing in life is meant to be that way. Um so it's it's exciting to see it in my own sphere in the trail and ultra world, so. Absolutely. Stephanie, thank you so much and congratulations. Thank Thanks.